to Houston Sports Talk with your host, Robert Land. Here come the Astros burning with desire. Here come the Astros breathing orange fire. Thanks for listening to the Best Houston Sports Podcast, sponsored by BetUS, America's favorite sports book. And you knew I'd pull out Go-Go Astros at playoff time. It's tradition. And hey, I hope you're fired up about our Astros postgame podcast. Also a tradition. I'm absolutely ready to bring you our angles and breakdown of game one against the White Sox with my co-host and regular sidekick, a fellow H-Town sports junkie, and veteran journalist Stephen Kerr. And Stephen, Astros win at 6-1. Not much stress, thank goodness. Just about a perfect start to the postseason. Yeah, just about, Robert. I mean, they're up 1-0, which is certainly what you wanted. And and it was set up that you certainly wanted Lance McCullers to start game one. I think we talked about that because, obviously, if you're talking about the starters, he was the guy that you wanted to go. And you wanted him to go at least six innings, and he almost went seven. I mean, I was really pulling for him to get that final out in the seventh. But, man, what a performance he had today. Uh, And, you know, of course, his curveball, he's known for that. But, you know, when he first came out, he was setting up the slider. He threw seven sliders in his 17 pitches in the first inning and then started working the curveball in. I mean, he had it going on today. So, yep, a big win. You want to go up 1-0. It's not over yet, but man, what a great start it was. McCullers, six and two thirds, 104 pitches, no runs, four Ks, four hits. The only number that I love and want to talk about, though, is zero walks. Yes, sir. Zero. Zero. Man, you, you have zero walks, and uh, you're, you're going to win most games, especially if, you're, if your offense is on the way the Astros' offense was. You know, it was the same thing with the Yankees and Red Sox. Red Sox didn't have any walks, and they win. So, yep, no walks. That is a big deal for Lance McCullers. Man, if the Astros pitching could just keep doing that throughout the postseason, they'll avoid a whole lot of trouble. I also liked how quickly McCullers worked, especially early in the game. Didn't mess around. The time between pitches, usually just a few seconds. It's kind of like the Texans, Stephen. You know, move that offense a little bit faster. Yeah, I think sometimes, you know, pitchers just get into this thing. And, and, you know, a lot of the time when you see a pitcher working deliberately is when they're in trouble. And, you know, they're they're trying to get their win back or they're just trying to really, really focus. But I just think sometimes it is better to speed things up. You don't have to think so much. And I, I noticed that, too. Lance was working pretty quickly. I mean, it was interesting. The game was going along pretty fast there the, most of the time when he was pitching. And then, of course, in the later innings, it bogs down. But, yeah, his pace was was another big factor, I think, in his performance today. Let's go through some of the scoring. And the ghost of George Springer, inhabited by Jake Myers, his replacement in center field for the Astros. First ever postseason at bat, RBI single with the runner on first and third. And the big thing, Stephen, he took two balls on the first two pitches, Unfortunately, the ump screwed up and called one of them a strike. (laughs) But as I said in our preview podcast, I trust Myers to always have good at-bats, and he did. Yeah, and I think the first pitch was a ball, and and I was really wondering. It's like, man, is he going to be antsy? He's making his postseason debut. You just never know. But I tell you what, it, it doesn't surprise me that much, Robert. I mean, I've said a couple of times throughout the season since Jake Myers has been up, this is a guy to keep your eye on. You know, he he. Slumped in September, but I think as Greg Lucas pointed out in our uh, preview, our Astros preview, 
He was starting to get things going right toward the end. And the postseason, man, I tell you what, yeah, you've got your your big guns like Correa and Altuve and Gurriel and Bregman that come through with big moments. But then you have the guys that you just kind of come out of nowhere or you just you, you may not necessarily expect to have big moments. And Jake Myers, you know, he had two hits. The first two at-bats were hits, and he got that first run on the board, you know, which certainly paved the way for the rest of the run. So I was really excited to see what Jake Myers did today. Yeah, and, and then third inning, Michael Brantley, the professional hitter with the bunt, which led to the second run. I love it. That's something you only see in the postseason, Stephen. You got to <laughs> love the bunt. Well, do you know that that is the first time that Michael Brantley has, has bunted, I think, in like eight years, since 2013, I believe I saw a stat where he hadn't laid down a bunt since then. I mean, that just goes to show you yeah, how much players like Michael Brantley are going to bunt. But what a beautiful play. And he almost beat that thing out, too. Right. And Brantley, a, a nice game. We'll get to more of his night. But with the runner on third, Bregman does his usual A-B where he Fights to get it to 3-2. Oh, we've seen it so many times. You didn't know if, if he'd get Altuve in. You know, he had to get it in play. You didn't know if he'd get Altuve in because it was picked up at third. Most other runners would have been out, but lucky for us, it was Altuve. Altuve, I'll tell you what. when This guy, you know what? The Astros have played 120 postseason games, and Altuve and Correa have played in more than half of them. 64, 64 games these guys have played in. And yeah, Altuve. And I was really pulling for him because, you know, last postseason, man, he had so much trouble, especially on defense. I know we'll get to that later. But yeah, Jose Altuve, he just, he comes through again today. Altuve offensively last year was bad, but defensively, it's over with. That problem, you can put it in the grave because he solved it in the regular season. That last play of the game, incredible throw. I mean, bare hand and the throw. And then Altuve in this play, you know, the instincts to take off quickly. And that was just a sweet slide to get the second run of the game. Oh, wasn't that beautiful? I think it was on the outer part of the plate. Yeah, that just a beautiful slide. You don't talk about – I've sometimes been critical of, of Altuve's base running, you know, especially some of the decisions he makes that gets himself picked off. Right, Rightly so. <laughs> yeah, and rightfully so. But, man, what a beautiful slide that was. Then Jordan crushes a double off the left center field wall. Loved seeing Jordan show power in the playoffs, the double, and then that home run in the fifth. If you look at his postseason numbers, Stephen, just four extra base hits and 68 plate appearances in the 2019 World Series run. Yeah, man, how big would it have been last year in the 2020 postseason if Alvarez had been there? I mean, this is a guy, you know, you knew he was doing it in the regular season when he first came up, but you wanted him to take it to the postseason. And so far, you know, in his young career in the postseason, he's been doing that and another homer again today. The Astros just kept putting it on, putting the pressure on inning after inning, second inning run, third inning run. So what do they do in the fourth inning? Michael Brantley, a single that knocks in a couple, makes it five to nothing. Fifth inning, Jordan, solo home run, six to nothing. I mean, that is what the Astros can do to a pitching staff. They are so good, at, especially when, when they know a pitcher is struggling. And Lance Land has struggled against the Astros this year. There's no doubt about it. I mean, really, he was the White Sox best pitcher, so you had to put him out there in game one. 
But I'm sure on their side, they had to be a bit worried because the Astros have hit him really well. And then when he started struggling, that's, yeah, that's when they usually start teeing off. And, you know, a lot of those runs, at least three of them, Robert, came up with two outs. So, you know, they're, they're getting the big hits when they need to, which is something they hadn't really done very well in the regular season. But when it comes to the postseason, they've had a penchant for doing that. And they did that again today. Lynn's probably better than Lucas Giolito as a pitcher overall, better. Just his resume is better. But I think it was a benefit for the Astros to face Lynn in the first game over Giolito. What do you think? Yeah, I, I'd say that that's probably, yeah, that's probably right. So the Astros in total control at that point, doing everything correctly. We're going to get to the rest of this one shortly. Whether they did everything correctly in the next few innings, we're going to find out. But before that, a reminder that if you're betting on that Texans game Sunday, it's coming up quickly, or just any NFL game this weekend, do it with BetUS.com because you might as well use a sports book with integrity and longevity like BetUS. We talk about them all the time, but it's the place to go. It's not just football. They take action on any sport. They've been in the game for three decades, really a pioneer in the sportsbook industry, a diehard customer fan base, easy-to-use mobile platform. BetUS.com, just log in over there or call 800-792-3887. That's 800-79-BETUS, and we can save you money when you sign up. Just use our promo code HST. 125 to redeem a 125% sign up bonus on your initial $100 deposit. Again, that code is HST125 to help our podcasts sign up using either the BetUS link on our pinned Twitter post, top of the Twitter page, or go to our website, HoustonSportsDoc.net, and find that BetUS icon. Get your online and social sports media partner with integrity and longevity like I did. BetUS, you bet, you win. You get paid. Well, if you bet on the Astros, you certainly got paid today, Robert. As of course, we're doing our Astros postgame show after game one and a six to one Astros victory over the Chicago White Sox. You know what? Once Lance McCullers went out of the game, Robert, though, I have to tell you, when that Astros bullpen comes in, I, I just can't breathe easily, no matter how big of a run they lead they have. They are the white knuckled group of the Astros, and it just can't go through one game where every guy gives you, well, oh no, there's a walk. There's a, he can't get through. None of these guys get through a clean inning. And then let's get to Kendall Graveman, who really was the downer of this entire game. Gives up two hits, a walk and a run. At least he got his feet wet with the Astros in the playoffs. At least it was a six run lead, but Kendall Graveman is going to be an issue in this playoffs. If he doesn't get the control and the thought process down a little bit better. He doesn't look mentally right, and he hasn't looked mentally right in a couple of months. Well, you know, the thing is, though, Robert, is he got the first two outs pretty quickly. Uh, he got Engel to fly to Tucker and right, and then Garcia fly to Brantley in deep left. I mean, that ball was hit pretty hard. You know, but then that's when he started running into trouble. It, it just seems that getting that final out is, you know, and, and he ended up throwing 25 pitches in that inning. You know, and then Ryan Presley comes in in the ninth, and he throws 21. So, you know, you've got the back end of your bullpen, your, your last two guys in your bullpen, basically, through 46 pitches between them. That is a bit troubling, you know, especially if it's game one. And if you're going to need both of those guys, you know, especially Presley on in game two, yeah, that's not something you really wanted to see from the Astros bullpen. But fortunately, it didn't completely cave in. 
Did you have issues with Dusty using Presley in the ninth with the five-run lead? No, I really don't, because I, you want to make sure you get that. You, you want to get that first win. I mean, I thought about it. I'll be honest. It, it did cross my mind. But I think you had to. You, you had to establish that, get out in front. Yeah, you took a chance, and he did throw 21 pitches, pitches as I said. But no, I, I didn't have a problem with the move. And you know what? The most effective bullpen pitcher today was Phil Maton because he got the one batter that he faced, <laughs> at least, you know, to get out of an inning. So, yeah, it, it, but again— with this Astros bullpen, it's just going to be a daily thing of what are they going to do next? Yeah, I want to get to Phil Maton in a second. But the thing with Presley is you sort of you want to get him out there because he hasn't pitched in a few days. He's your best bullpen guy, obviously. But, Stephen, you know, they're going to be playing three games in four days. And are you going to need Presley for, you know, three times of these four days? I mean, who else are you relying on in this bullpen? And that's why... It's it's scary when you got to use them when you d- you didn't have to use them today, and I don't even know if they would have gone to him if Graveman hadn't gotten trouble in the eighth inning. Maybe Dusty doesn't get a little bit itchy finger on on that one. Well, that may be true, and I that thought crossed my mind also is because of the fact that Graveman had such a troubled inning. You just wanted to to shut the door, and you know, unfortunately, he had trouble shutting the door. But your point is well taken, Robert, because I, I just uh, you know I I'm not sure that you're going to get the mileage. Out of Framber Valdez and whoever starts game three, you know, whether it's Arquiti or whomever, to go six, seven innings. And, you know, depending on what the Astros offense does between now and then, you very well may need Presley again, you know, in game two. You've got the off day, so at least you get a little bit of rest, you know, before game three in Chicago. Overall, the Astros were fantastic in this game. Uh, Brantley, Alvarez, Correa, and Myers with two hits. Bregman with a hit and an RBI. Yuli with well, the only he was one of the few who struggled 0 for 4 with three K's Maldonado didn't get a hit but came up with two huge throws on White Sox attempted steals well how many times do we say that Martin Maldonado is just it is the X factor he may be the hidden X factor but an X factor nonetheless I mean his his throwing runners out and a man in the postseason that is so big and yep he did it again today and Gurriel yeah he struck out three times but look he's your batting champ I don't think you're going to see that too much more often. He only did that twice during the regular season, Robert, twice that he had uh, three strikeout games. So I, I certainly expect bigger things from Gurriel. Hopefully, I mean, this certainly isn't the time to go into a slump in the postseason. Okay, so let's get to something that really surprised us before the game, or at least it surprised me. I didn't see it coming. Jake Odorizzi left off the postseason roster. We went over our postseason roster, Stephen, And I'm guessing this was two things. Number one, his lack of experience coming out of the bullpen. Number two, his career numbers against the White Sox. And it's something that I should have looked looked at. They're not good. And he had a rough outing against them earlier this season. He did. And yes, we both had him on our uh, postseason rosters, Robert. But to be honest, I'm not that surprised they left him off, you know, mainly for the fact that he, I, I didn't see the White Sox numbers either. But, yeah, just not having it coming out of the bullpen. Now, that's not to say that he wouldn't be on the ALCS roster, you know, if the Astros make it that far. But, yeah, that you left him off the ALDS. Didn't surprise me a whole lot. But, again, you know, when we were trying to pick our Astros pitchers, it's like, well, you know, Grinke's he doesn't come out of the bullpen and Odorizzi doesn't come out of the bullpen. So who do you go with? But, yeah, I, 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 he may be a factor in a later series. 
but probably a good idea to leave him off this particular roster for this series. Which opened the door for Phil Maton. You know, in our in our post our our, our uh, show where we had the uh, postseason roster, we didn't have Maton making the postseason roster. I, I personally had Blake Taylor, but then I started to look at the numbers a little bit more closely, and I started to think about it. And Maton is really good against lefties, and everybody knows that that follows the Astros at this point. But his numbers against righties were much better than. Blake Taylor. So that's why he makes it over Blake Taylor. Uh, what did you think about the pitching staff and the, and the guys that Dusty selected didn't select besides the Odorizzi deal? I didn't really have a problem with it. I, you know, I, I think that at least for this particular series is probably the, the best that it can be. And of course, you know, Maton only faced one batter, but he got the job done. You know, he put him in that situation with runners on base and he got the job done. Now, you know, pitching to two or three batters, four maybe, yeah, that's when you might start to worry. So at least in that particular spot, he came through. Now, I need to apologize to the Jose Siri fans, Jose Siri Nation. Uh, <laughs> I, I hope my phone, by the way, doesn't start doing stuff because I, I said Siri. Yeah, mine one... might because I, I do that. I have it on mine, so <laughs> yeah. it hasn't yet. <laughs> yeah, because to me the other day, like, oh, I said it and then my phone perked up or something. But didn't even mention him as a possibility as a postseason roster uh, invite you, so to speak. Total oversight on my part. Frankly, I figured, Stephen, that they'd go with the vet Marwin. Honestly, the only reason I believe Siri's on the roster is for his pinch running potential. You don't figure he plays the field with their other four solid defensive outfielders, and his at-bats haven't exactly been playoff-type ABs over the last couple of weeks. So that's, I guess, the only thing I see him as a, as a, as a pinch runner. That's that's where I would see him, and, and I had him on my roster initially, and then I took him off, but that would have been the only reason that I would have him on there. I don't think you want him coming up in a pinch hit situation necessarily. I mean, he's a feast or famine type of guy. I think we've talked about that. You know, I had Marwin Gonzalez on my roster more as a sentimental choice because I just didn't feel, you know, as much as, oh, gosh, it'd be great. You know, Marwin is on the roster. The Astros are in a close game. Marwin comes up to pitch hit. It's a home run, game's over, you know, that kind of thing. But it really didn't surprise me they left him off. Now, again, you know, with the, if they make it to the ALCS, maybe he will be on that. But I kind of think, you know, Siri is probably the guy that they're going to use in a pinch run situation it, it, at the very, at the most, really. Yeah, the other thing is, you look at this Astros lineup, who's coming out besides Martin Maldonado? So the pinch hitting possibilities aren't there. And they, they are going to, have Garrett Stubbs, so you have the ability to pinch run for these catchers if they get on late in games. But honestly, who's who? Who's who? Are you going to pitch it for? And even who are you going to pinch run for? He's pinch run for Jordan, but I don't like taking Jordan out of games in the postseason. I just don't like doing that. Yeah, I certainly don't either. Now Dusty's done that in the regular season, you know, numerous times. You know, some of your players, but yeah, that's the thing. The pitch hit situations there would be few and far between. So, uh, yeah, unless you have an injury or, you know, some other weird thing that happens, you're not going to have a guy like Siri needing to pinch run. And you've got, you know, let's say Chaz McCormick plays one of the games. You've got Jake Myers you can put in there as a replacement for him, perhaps. Uh, maybe have him pitch hit. So, yeah, your, your point is well taken. Anything else we didn't touch upon? Anything else you want to bring up? I mean, this was pretty much exactly what you would want outside of Kendall Graveman, like I said. Well, as far as the game goes, no. I mean, they've certainly set themselves up well for game two. 
you know, you've got Fromber going. Like we'd love to see one of the uh, the Fromber of last year performances. He goes six or seven innings. Man, that would be great. Now, Robert, there was a bit of a subplot in this game. I don't know if you saw that this happened in the stadium, but there was a fan, and I want to say it was in the right field seats. It was it was somewhere in the stands. They had a pay Correa sign that they were flashing. And there was a security guard that came along, made them get rid of the sign, and practically almost kicked them out of the game from what I understand. Very interesting. So, you know, the, the pay Correa thing, and, and then, you know, the fans started booing when the security guard took the sign from him and started chanting, pay Correa. You, you think maybe, you know, Greg Lucas talked about the fact that he thinks Correa is going to stay. You, you think he maybe he's undermining, uh, kind of engineering some of this stuff? You know, that's not a good look for the Astros. It really isn't. I mean, that is a very Texans move, to be honest with you. And here's the deal. All you do is you bring attention to it when you take the guy out of the game. You make it into a story. Well, I don't know if they actually kicked him out. I know they threatened to. But the fact that they just took the sign away from him, I mean, it wasn't an, uh, it wasn't obscene. It wasn't, yeah, I, I don't understand. I mean, again, I'm not up on what the Astros sign rules are. But a sign that says pay Correa, I, I don't get it. You know, it's it's for your team. You want the guy to stay. I mean, it, it's a sentiment. So I'm not really sure. That that caught me a little by surprise. But I just thought it was an interesting, little, you know, I guess you'd call it a subplot to the game that was going on. Yeah, I missed that one. I'm glad you caught it. I mean, that's, that's a... Uh... That's a little frustrating from the Astros who, you know, they're trying to change their bad guy image, I guess you would call the Jeff Luno bad guy image after everything. Yeah, that, that would happened. be a Jeff Luno move, don't you think? Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that that would certainly ring of, of Jeff Luno. But, you know, I think I, I saw something on Twitter and, and it may be a column in the Chronicle at some point that Brian T. Smith says, well, Crane, you know, the people have spoken. Pay Correa. So <laughs> you'll probably be hearing more about this in the days to come. Yeah, I'm interested to hear what they say if James Click is asked about this after the game and what he has to say. We're, we do this immediately. Like, the game's over with, and Stephen and I are at it. So we haven't heard any of the comments, any of the post-game interviews. Um, I, I do have a couple last things before we finish up the podcast. My cousin Madison Trotty's Clear Creek High School dance team will be performing at the Texans game on Sunday. So congratulations to Maddie and the Clear Creek Cavaliers dance team. And Steven, did I ever tell you my sister's drill team actually performed at a Houston Gamblers game? She was only in middle school at the time, if that. Wow, no, I don't think you mentioned that. You talk about a small world, huh? Yeah, I, I don't recall a whole lot about it. You know, my my childhood is like, it's all blurry except for the Astros and, and Rockets. And, it's, you know, all my, all my sports stuff, I, I remember very clearly, but the rest of it, I... I think I've kind of blurred out, but yeah, she got to perform at the Astrodome for a gambler's game. That was really cool. And Steven, you're never going to guess this, but where do you think I'm going to go after we post this podcast tonight? I've got some plans. Yeah, you got a big uh, Astros postgame date, maybe a postgame party to go to for the game one? No, I'm going to light the fuse because I'm heading to Toyota Center for the Rockets and the Heat. Friend of the show, Red Rowdy Maya messaged me with an extra ticket, so I'm pumped to light the fuse. Hey, you know, it's funny. I was thinking about Red Rowdy Maya the other day. when I bet she's going to be excited. She can go to games again along with all the others. And, uh, yep, I know we're, we're getting into Rockets preseason, so 
Yeah, the, the Texans may be bad, but the Astros are in the postseason and the Rockets are in the preseason, which means the regular season is about to start. So, yep, well, I, have fun, Robert. That's going to be great. Yeah, I can't wait to see the, the, the kids play a little bit. It's going to be a late night, but it's a rare chance. And Maya was just so nice to invite me. And Stephen, you and I, we can't do the Astros post-game show following game two, but we're going to be back with an extravaganza late, late Sunday. Yeah. Perfect for your Monday morning drive to work. The Texans and the Astros combo post-game show. It's going to be huge. So you want to listen to that one. And while you're waiting for that one this week, make your way to our sponsor, BetUS.com. Football, MLB playoffs, everything going on this weekend. BetUS, America's favorite sports book. When you use it, you know the deal. HST125 is the promo code to redeem 125% sign-up bonus on your initial $100 deposit. If you forget... Look for the promo code in the show description. And to help our podcasts, sign up using either the BetUS link on our pinned Twitter post at the top of our page or go to our website, HoustonSportsTalk.net, and find that BetUS icon. Until next time, give us some love with your social media followers and let them know they're missing out if they're not listening to us. You're listening to Houston Sports Talk. Don't forget to follow Houston Sports Talk on Facebook and Twitter. Subscribe to us on iTunes, Spotify, the Google Podcast app, or the Stitcher app. You can support us by giving us a five-star review on iTunes or by telling your friends about us. Spread the word, everybody. Thanks for listening.